Hey guys, and thank you for tuning back in to Morgellons Discussion on Anchor. And I definitely appreciate the feedback on my episode. Uh, I love answering questions about Morgellons. And it's real easy too, because all I have to do is pull up the research. So what I wanted to do today was address some specifics. And I'm going to do that by pulling uh, knowledge from the research. So everything that I'm quoting here today is from the review, the periodic review of the literature, History of Morgellons Disease, From Delusion to Definition. This is one of my favorite studies because anytime anybody has a question about Morgellons specifically, I can pull this up and print it out and uh, just read right off it. So, all right, guys, number one is hexagons. This one's real cool. Other patients have described hexagonal crystals and glitter in their Morgellons disease skin. Spectroscopic analysis of the hexagonal crystals proved that they were contaminating man-made hexagonal objects of the type used in cosmetics and greeting cards with either cellulose or plastic centers and a metallic coating. The glitter that we studied contained salts that were likely human bioproducts and may have a role in Morgellons disease. As extraneous artifacts can contaminate sticky lesions, it is important to collect only fibers deeply embedded in the skin or clearly projecting in a hair-like manner for studies intended to determine fiber composition. So what this tells us is that the majority of glitter that people find in association with Morgellons disease is actually just uh, external artifacts. They may have a role, but uh, they're definitely not any kind of a defining characteristic of the disease. That, of course, is solely the microscopic fibers. We're going to get back into that in just a second here. The next one is about Lyme disease. Recently, Morgellons-like filaments dermatitis was described in domestic dogs, and Borrelia burgdorferi sensostricto was detected by PCR amplification confirmed by DNA sequencing, thus providing evidence that Morgellons disease-like filamentous dermatitis may be associated with Lyme disease in these dogs. Interestingly, many of these dogs were bulldogs or other breeds with color dilution genes, thus suggesting that genetics may predispose certain breeds of dogs infected with Borrelia to develop the skin condition. So what that tells us right there is that it's not just in people that we can observe this condition, but also in the animal model and associated with the same infectious pathogens. Dogs get Lyme disease, too. They get the joint pain. They get the uh, uh, dementia later in life. And uh, the other health consequences that go along with that. So that was a very important uh, data that showed up, was that this condition actually does occur in other species as well as associated with this bacterium. All right, so parasites. This is one people ask me about all the time. They say that they see the the worms and the uh, it's got to be the uh, bugs. It's got to be things living. Listen to what this study says about that. 
Keratin projections are thickened follicular casts. When sectioned and stained with Gomori trichome, these follicular casts are abnormal in that although their outer surface is composed of keratin-rich tissue, the interior can contain collagen-rich tissue. Komodo-like masses can emerge from pores spontaneously or when scratched and are sometimes described by patients as being sand-like. Patients may misinterpret these objects as being seeds, eggs, cocoons, parasites, or even arthropods. These comedo-like masses can contain embedded keratin or collagen filaments and or projecting filaments. When they form inside a pore or follicle, they may form a tight wad of fibers. Hair and follicular bulb deformities include pili multigemini, hairs or fibers growing downward deep into the dermis rather than in the opposite direction through the pore opening, and follicular sheaths with filamentous projections. These projections can completely cover the follicular sheath and may be interpreted as caterpillars by patients. So it's hard to look at a microscopic artifact and determine what it's composed of, you know, what it actually is. Because just like things that are really big, it's hard to determine what they are in the whole. Like, for example, the uh, Nazca lines. Uh, where when you get in the sky in an airplane and you look down on them, they don't look just like a small mound of rocks. They look like a, a, uh, an icon, a giant painting, or a, if you will. And that's the same way with these microscopic artifacts. You can look at it and look at it and say, well, that looks like a bug, obviously. But when you dissect it and then test to see what it's, composed of what it's actually made of in Morgellons disease patients most often these artifacts are not parasites they're chunks of keratin and collagen it's just too much the bacteria it is hypothesized facilitates an overprojection of these proteins and what this passage says in the history of Morgellons study is that that occurs right inside the pore so you know, there's an opening right there, and uh, it just fills up with that junk protein. Well, let's talk about the filaments. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me, okay, well, I got these off the carpet, or I got these off the bed, and unless it came, unless it's observed inside the skin, it can't be considered Morgellons fibers because it can't be determined where they came from. But let's listen to what the study has to say about that. Filaments in Morgellons disease lesions usually require magnification of 50 times or more to be seen. And at that magnification, they can be mistaken for textile fibers. Healthcare providers need to be objective when viewing these fibers. A patient must have unusual filaments visible under 50 times magnification or higher, as opposed to the magnification of 10 times normally used in dermatology. And embedded or extruding from the skin to be diagnosed with Morgellons disease. These filaments are relatively easy to see with proper visualization tools, and detectable fibers should not be automatically dismissed as self implanted or composed of synthetic substances without an appropriate evaluation. 
mental health status is not a diagnostic factor in Morgellons disease cases, as outlined herein. So it's pretty simple. I mean, <clears throat> you can get a lot of fibers that look like Morgellons or that you think look like Morgellons. But the fact is, Morgellons fibers are microscopic and typically cannot be seen without the aid of microscopic amplification because they are so small. Uh, they may bundle together, and you may see that bundle, and it looks like some fuzz coming off the sore, but unless it's demonstrated as being embedded in the skin tissue, that fuzz could just as easily come off your shirt and just stick to the sore. So that's why it is imperative that a physician utilize a 50 times magnification scope to observe and see if these strange microscopic filaments are embedded in skin tissue. And before they get to that point, they have to believe that that's possible. So the next thing I want to take a look at is analysis, what the research found when they took a look at the fibers, their composition chemically. Histological studies have shown that filaments in Morgellons disease tissue are not textile fibers, but are biofilaments produced by human epithelial cells and stemming from deeper epidermal layers, upper dermal layers, and the root sheath of hair follicles. Morgellons disease filaments are predominantly composed of keratin and collagen, as determined by histological studies, and appear to be produced by activated keratinocytes and fibroblasts. The base of filament attachment to epithelial cells demonstrates nucleation that is continuous with that of surrounding epithelial cells, indicating, and this is important, guys, indicating that the filaments are of human cellular origin. Histochemical staining of skin sections containing embedded filaments with Congo red resulted in apple green biorefrigerants suggestive of an amyloid component although this remains to be confirmed with more specific methodologies. And I would recommend you do a Google search for Morgellons and biofilm because subsequent research did confirm that there is an amyloid component in Morgellons pathogenesis. Uh, last one, guys. This one, I think, um, this one I think is probably the most important. It's the differential diagnosis. When diagnosing mental illness, it is imperative first to determine if there is an underlying cause of the psychiatric symptom, such as an infection. None of the case studies reviewed in this paper or the research studies involving larger cohorts of Borgellin's disease patients looked adequately for infections, in particular Lyme disease. Science has to be reproducible, and there has to be enough detail provided in the methodology description for the study to be replicated. This was not the case for detecting Lyme disease in many of the case studies. Borrelia spirochetes are readily detectable in Morgellons disease tissue, but sensitive and specific methods are required. Although sensitive and specific direct detection methods such as antigen detection, culture of Borrelia spirochetes, and PCR detection of Borrelia DNA exists, these methods are not standardized and vary in sensitivity and specificity. They are not recommended by the CDC, which only endorses two-tier serologic Lyme disease testing. Unfortunately, two-tier serologic testing for Lyme disease, although specific for Borrelia burdorferi sensu stricto, 
lacks sensitivity and is little better than a coin toss in detecting Lyme disease. So guys, that's what we got going on this morning. I'm definitely liking the anchor uh, platform because I can just jump right on here, record some stuff and get it out there. We're not going to do a uh, paid promotion on this episode, but I am going to leave you a few links below to where you can find this research, where it's published at <clears throat> and where you can go to donate in case you want to support future research like what I've described here today. All right, you guys take care, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will see you soon.